Coming up today on Guts, Grit, and Great Business. The practice and having the practice flow through your daily routines is the foundation that creativity emerges from. So the things that you're reading, the things that you're listening to, the, the conversations that you're having, the experiences that you're having with your family, your, your friends, all of those are necessary parts of, of your creative process. The adventure of entrepreneurship and building a life and business you love, preferably at the same time, is not for the faint of heart. That's why Heather Pierce Campbell is bringing you a dose of guts, grit, and great business stories that will inspire and motivate you to create what you want in your business and life. Welcome to the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast, where endurance is required. Now here's your host, the legal website warrior, Heather Pierce Campbell. Alrighty, welcome. I am Heather Pierce Campbell, the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington. Welcome to another episode of Guts, Grit, and Great Business. I am super excited about the conversation today. It's on one of my favorite topics, and we have got an expert with us on that topic, which is creativity. And um, we have Patrick. Welcome, Patrick. Hello. So grateful to have you here. So we have got Patrick Williams, who is the founder of Satori Innovation. Is that how yes. you say it? Yes. And Satori Innovation is an ideation accelerator, collaborating with clients to bring forth their unique innovative vision, expertise, and skills. Um, Patrick himself is a passionate and inspiring public speaker, consultant, writer, artist, independent scholar, and visionary educator. Patrick has over four decades of experience teaching and facilitating deep learning to a wide range of audiences. He's a TEDx speaker and an award-winning artist. He is exhibited throughout the USA, Japan, and China. Patrick's art is in public and private collections. He has been represented by galleries in Chicago, Seattle here in my home base, and then Omaha and Albuquerque. Patrick holds black belts in Karate Do and Aikido with decades of experience training and teaching Budo. So you're going to have to tell me about all those things because I don't even sure. know if I'm saying them the right way. Patrick's comprehension, experience, expertise, and synthesis of creativity and innovation is unparalleled. He is the founder and CEO, like I said, of Satori Innovation, a consulting and ideation accelerator. So Patrick, you and I connected through LinkedIn, which is one of my favorite places to connect. And I think Indeed. you had reached out after listening to um, my episode on intuition. Intuition, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so we had a great conversation about your work and about creativity in general. I'm so happy to have you here today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So for people that don't know you and aren't familiar with your work, why... Why creativity? Why is your heart like, you know, you obviously have lived a mission of bringing creativity to the world, talking about it, teaching on it. I know you care deeply about it based on our first conversation. Why creativity? Well, I basically feel that everything is emerges from our creativity or imagination and how we think about 
uh, projects or, or programs or uh, innovation itself. So mm -hmm. innovation doesn't exist without creativity. So a few years ago, I started compiling a manuscript for educators mm -hmm. and that sort of uh, grew into another manuscript, two manuscripts, one for education, educators and one for business innovation because I realized how closely linked uh, the, some of the books I'm, I was reading on entrepreneurs, how they, they pretty much seem like artists. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they put everything they had into their work. They stayed up late. They didn't eat well. They, they focused. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir yeah, right yeah, now. <laughs> focused. Oh, yes. So I thought, okay, if, if they're that, if they have that mindset to begin with, then, and it seemed like many people were having challenges with innovation. And I started mm -hmm. thinking about innovation a lot and started reading about it. And there's a tremendous amount of people out there who have the, the, the basic foundations of how you innovate mm -hmm. you, the business, right? So you know, all the little parts that they've, they've uh, identified. But the part that I think, and I feel like I really know that they were having the most problem with, was actually coming up with the ideas. So coming up with the ideas, the big idea, the mm -hmm. new idea, whatever it might be, is focused totally in creativity. Mm -hmm. So I'm not... I'm not an expert at all the little parts that go after that, but right. I know about creativity. And yes. I started to realize that essentially people are, for a variety of reasons, people are stuck inside of their creative process where they last left off with it. Mm. And usually that is around age six, seven, eight, sometimes less, sometimes more. So wherever they left off, they're still there. They can't go any further because everything stopped at, let's say it's age seven. So my work involves assisting them, finding that place where they can reconnect with their natural creativity because we have it inside of us. Every mm -hmm. single person has it, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you have that young self that was super creative, always inside of you. So I realized that, okay, I simply need, not that this is easy, but I simply need to assist people in reconnecting with their youngest self, but mm -hmm. also reconnecting with the part of their adult self that is able to be in, a, in an understanding of how to get to their creativity now. So as a seven-year-old, you might have been super into, who knows, uh, a make-believe that's connected to some cartoon or, mm -hmm. or playing with mud and, and such things. But that could be useful to, to spark an adult's uh, connection. But I'm focused on, on things that, that people are actually connected to, but they don't necessarily understand how connected they are to it. For example, 
if someone is passionate about music, then you can start to use music. Let's say just recently I've, I've uh, really gotten into Bach. Mm-hmm. And so I've been checking out Bach albums and, and learning about him. And so that's adding to my overall sense of creativity. So just, just the beauty of his music is, is adding an energy to the foundation of how I connect to whatever project I'm working on now. Yeah, so absolutely. with a person, let's say this person X is interested in innovation and trying to start to be creative. So, and they are also interested in Bach. And I say, okay, how about if you play Bach a couple times during the day for an hour at least? Couple that with a journaling session. So right off the bat, journal and play Bach and just uh, allow time to just sit there with the music, mm-hmm. not triple tasking or right. quadruple tasking, right. but, but allow the, the experience of the music to start to inform all the, the inner parts that we have in some ways no idea how they work but they're working all the time, right? The mm-hmm. intuition that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Those are happening on so many layers within ourselves, on, a, on physical layers, on emotional layers, on uh, mental layers, and on, you know, if, if you're uh, uh, interested in that, in spiritual layers also. Right. So, so we have to, we, I invite people to start, uh, tuning into things that they like to do yeah. or that they're interested in. So the, the music could be a very important aspect to, to start to uh, invite into your space. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe this person is also interested in uh, photography. So I would have them every day go out and and take at least one photo and Instagram is a great place to to post a photo per day that is focused on aesthetics that you're looking for a a a beautiful photo or an interesting photo or or something that is going to focus your mind into that creative space for 5 minutes it might be 10 minutes but all of those are cumulative so five minutes, five, two minutes a day even, will will grow and build and build and build. So after two weeks of, of spending, let's say it's just two minutes, two weeks of spending two minutes a day going out and looking for a photograph and taking it, and then po- you don't have to post it on Instagram. You can, you can just collect it in your photos in, a, in an album that is just your photo of the day album. And then you'll start to see after a couple of weeks, it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm really seeing that I'm interested in this. And that will lead you to something up maybe 20 or 30 days worth of photographing just flowers or, mm-hmm. or trees or, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Can we so, back up for a minute? Mm, I want to sure, ask sure. you about, because you mentioned a couple things. One, that we get stuck at a certain age around mm-hmm. creativity. So I want to revisit that. But yeah. two, this idea that creativity happens in layers, right? In different yes. layers. Absolutely. Take us back. Where do you see people getting stuck? Let's talk about the stuckness and how we evolve into adults and have this stifled creativity. Yes. So in 
in my process of uh, thinking about the creative process and the process of thinking about a manuscript, because then you're, you're really in a space of like, I need to be really, uh, I, I need to be clear. I need to be uh, stating things that people can follow. Mm-hmm. So I really started focusing on why I believe people get stuck. And as I explained when we spoke before, I've, I've come up with essentially my own philosophy, so to speak, of why this happens. And I believe that I call it creative colonization, which is somewhat of an intense term, but I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, I could call it this, I could call it that. But I believe that we, our creativity that is uh, uh, inherent and innate inside of us, because when we're every, you know, even before we're born, we're starting to use creativity. We're listening to sounds. We're actually seeing uh, light change from inside the womb. Uh, there's so much that's going on uh, with the, in utero. And then once we're born, it's like full-blown creative process. We are in creativity. Everything is about creativity. We're, we're testing things out. We're experimenting. We're using our imaginations. We're putting things together, voices and sounds and, and such. So as we get into school and both, and, and, I, and I say this with total respect to education, but that we are we are taxed with other projects, mm-hmm. learning our, a, our ABCs, learning how to, uh, what our numerals are and what arithmetic is, what math is. Uh, and then eventually we start putting uh, the letters together uh, with uh, forming words and, and then reading. Those are all incredibly complex, right? But little kids are like totally into it, right? So with the increase of, of, uh, of work, of schoolwork, and then there's also work that happens, uh, uh, responsibilities at home, and then there's uh, responsibilities in society. So I break it down into three areas, school, home, and, and societal pressures, so to speak. So the pressures build and they, they push out the creative. Mm-hmm. So children, have less and less time to be creative. So at usually in the realm of age seven, sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later, kids uh, really stop engaging in their creative creativity. It may be, uh, it may not be a 100% stop, but often it is a, it is, it is largely decreased. So we can see this as an example with respect to uh, recess in school systems. So when I was in grade school, we had, I think we had recess like three times a day. In the morning before school, maybe, you know, once sometime in mid school and then during lunch or something. I. It's a little fuzzy, the memory is, <laughs> but, but recess was a big time when kids were just, they went out and played and right. we were always inventing games. So as years passed, decades passed, uh, children had less recess time. And in some 
situations, there are no there's no recess in, in school systems. So, and also within the day, there is less time that is relegated for playing with clay or drawing or whatever it might be during, especially, you know, we're talking about grade school where this, the colonization happens uh, in a big way first. And at some point, children, uh, they may experience something that is uh, traumatic around their creativity. It could be uh, something when they were singing, something when they were playing a musical instrument, mm -hmm. something when they were doing movement, you know, in a dance class, it could be drawing, painting, uh, writing, poetry, whatever it might be. And it may be unintentionally harsh, uh, what a teacher might say or one of their peers, but it's a hard stop. It's like, mm. I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't want to feel that. I, I felt really awful when that happened to me. So, and children have an incredible will. And sometimes when they say, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's, they mean it. <laughs> they mean it. So, yes. and it seems very uh, interestingly powerful around the creative energies. Mm. So when a child says, I'm not going to draw anymore, it, it is intense. So well, and I know you and I talked about this in our first conversation. I think the thing about creativity, at least this is the way that I view it. It's such a personal expression mm -hmm. of self. Right. That when you get negative feedback about something, you know, not measuring up or not mm -hmm. being liked by an adult, it's, you know, it feels like that is being reflected on you, not the right. work, right? right. And so I oh, think totally. it's really easy yeah. to internalize that, that it's... Absolutely. Yeah. And I believe once something like that is internalized, then it, it hangs on uh, to our psyche. Mm -hmm. So... And do you think, so, can I ask you one other yeah, question on that? Sure. Do you think that children's natural state is creativity? Absolutely. Like if they were just left to their own devices, is that the place that they would be in like most of the time? Absolutely. I'll, uh, I have a number of examples, but the most powerful example is the work of uh, Peter Gray. Uh, I can't pull up where his, his work has been, and he may be retired by now, PhD in psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm searching, I'm looking up at my bookcase to see if I can see the book. <laughs> but uh, he did studies, he reflected on studies of, of uh, 19th century and early 20th century work with indigenous populations that, mm. have, that had very little uh, interactions with the outside world mm -hmm. from all over the world. And uh, he, one of his big focus was on children. And throughout the world, all indigenous cultures that were studied, the children had full-on play time. Mm -hmm. When they got up, they started playing, and when they went to sleep, they stopped playing. And there was there were only one restriction anywhere in the world where there was poison used for hunting. Mm -hmm. It was kept out of the reach of children. Mm-hmm. The kids could play with knives, fire, bows and arrows. All the things. Everything was fine. They could go anywhere they wanted to. 
but what was interesting is that the the older children were in some ways in charge, not necessarily formally in charge, but they took care of the younger children. Mm-hmm. And and they they played hunting and gathering. They played starting fires. They played uh, moving through the forest. They played all these things that were connected to what the adults do. And they and I'm sure that they played games that they just made up with sticks and right. tossing them in the right. water or whatever. But so one of the one of the parts of his work is is understanding how play is the source of learning. That's right. And there's another uh, influential uh, PhD. Uh, I'll think of his name, uh, but his work is on play and the connection to learning. And uh, there's a chunk of my background that was in early childhood education, which is all play. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know right. that the children learn through play. So. Uh, like Reggio Emilia, and and there's a, a lot of uh, other uh, philosophies of education that that simply say children learn through play, let them play. Mm-hmm. So, in contrast to especially, you know, I'm most familiar with the U.S. Uh, educational system. There's been a big push over the years to go more and more into testing and and academia. Mm-hmm. so to speak, which is uh, colonizing play, in my opinion, colonizing creativity. So, so children have less and less time to play, which mm-hmm. means in, in my worldview, they have less and less time to actually, in their first language of learning, which is play, mm-hmm. to be connected to what they are learning. And I believe children, we all have a propensity to be moving in certain directions. That's and right. our play often shows that. Show us that, yes. So as an example, my wife and I were talking about it just the other day. I, I told a story recently of being in trouble in like first and second and third grade. And the teacher would make me go to the front of the class and sit in my desk and all I could do was draw. I couldn't participate in what everybody mm-hmm. else was doing. It was heaven to me. <laughs> I loved it. So, so we we find ways in which to to figure out how to do the things we love. But, That's right. That's so interesting. You say that. My son, who has had his own journey, especially around creativity, he's got mm. an ADHD and an autism diagnosis. Not a full ADHD, but they said watch him for this. And most of his symptoms now like his behavioral stuff that causes some struggles for him in school are related Mm. to ADHD type of struggles. But behaviorally with other children, he had a really difficult time with creative role play, right? So Mm. in preschool, like we were having some challenges around how he was learning and interacting with other kids. But I remember when he was two, I one day just got out all the paints. I took off his clothes and just put a little... um, a little apron on, one of my Uh aprons just wrapped it around him. And he literally sang like a little bird and was in his zone zone. for like two hours. Wow! And that was unheard of. He was a very, very busy little kid. And I realized like it was this magical moment of watching Mm. him create. And 
anyways, he, it was just so beautiful. And to me, I just realized like, so he may not be able to role play or do things that other kids his age are doing. Like he had this very creative outlet himself. And I think it looks different child to child, right? Our daughter who's three, we're learning about her ability right now to, you know, play creatively and engage in role play. But it's really fun when you see them Yes. Do the thing that you can see like, oh, this oh. could be a creative outlet for this exactly. little person. Right. That's perfect. And that's uh, saying the, the observation that it's different for literally for every individual uh, child. Yes. And that's one of the challenges for the educational system that yes. is mainstream right now is that it's a push to get most everybody doing the most everything. Things at yep. the same time, at the yep. same age. And it's That's right. the, the studies with respect to reading comprehension all point to little boys learning to, learning later. to read later. Yes, and, and not girls. even starting school at the right. same age. Oh, yeah. I wasn't ready to, I didn't really start reading until I was 10 or 11 on yeah. an enthusiastic level. Yeah. You know, I could, I could read probably not at my grade level, but once I, once I hit that moment, I mm-hmm. have been insatiable in reading ever since. Right, right. So, uh, and it, it's so, the, the, your example of finding these uh, modalities, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, that the child shows uh, enthusiasm and, and to be aware that could change right just like that right and the challenge for parents is to like okay wh- how what what's next yes and to be using your creative your imagination your uh, awareness of their all of their uh, little clues on what is interesting to them what what's catching them their attention what's how do you see their imagination really lighting up and that's right you know, that's, that's what i'm i'm envisioning to do with clients is mm. is is in through conversations mm-hmm. hearing the clues and the the little uh tidbits of things that they're interested in and that they're curious about and and then following that because literally that's that's what children do that's what we right. all did when we were kids and that's what artists do and is, is that, it oh, do you, do you think the missing piece with adults is the permission part? The just Ooh, giving yeah. themselves permission, super right? Super big, super yes. big. Because there's, I've heard it from so many people uh, that they f- feel like they don't have permission to do something. Yes. They, that it, it feels so, on one hand, it feels so uh, frivolous or mm. meaningless or, or, terms that they may have heard when their what I call the creative collapse happens and they Mm -hmm. say no more and then people are basically what you're describing is what I call the creative void they're in that Mm -hmm. space where they they haven't gained that inner permission and in some respects I'm I feel confident to say to people you have permission to be creative Right. Because people trust me. They know they can see that, oh, you know, Patrick, he, he is creative and he yeah. knows how to be creative. So 
and he seems to be someone who really knows a lot about it. So getting, having permission from him makes right. sense. So seems like so, real permission. Yeah. Right. And, and if it helps, that's awesome. Yeah. But, but that conversation internally is so important to say, you know what, I really want to do some poetry mm. and, oh, I want to paint or I want to play the piano. I used to, I took lessons for 10 years and I know I can do that some more. Mm -hmm. And, and, and one of the things that are so important for adults is, is scale mm. is there's so much, oh, I can't paint like Michelangelo. Right. I can't play music like Mozart. Or yes, what I can't if my drawing the... looks like a five-year-old's drawing? <laughs> right, right. Which actually is a compliment in, in some ways, right? So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we, we need to be gentle with ourselves mm -hmm. and not... Uh, evaluating is fine, but but being severe in our judgment is, is unnecessary, especially when it's when it's just for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Making making art, whatever it might be, is something that is even for me at times. There are things that people have never seen that I've gotten rid of, or I've I I've burned, or whatever, gone through you know a ceremony to get rid of it. Right. So. There, there are uh, there are times when it's great to share, and and someone after a little while they may say, yeah, I want to share it with my my significant other or my children mm -hmm. or my friends or whatever. But that's not necessarily what the point what of the, it. What the point of it is, the mm -hmm. point of it, and it might not be when I'm teaching folks now. I'm I'm not I'm not wanting or not teaching them how to make art. Mm -hmm. using the arts is an easy way for people to understand that they're connecting with their creativity with the creativity process right. yeah so it's just as important for me to have people go on walks or or pay attention to the kinds of conversations they're having mm. and how they're if they're pushing the conversation in a certain direction or if they're like we're having now, we're we're exploring a lot of different ideas, but there's there's no there's there's a direction, of course, mm -hmm. but but it's it's open and through right. open conversation, because I'm saying things now that I've never said before. And so I'm learning through this process of of putting words together, like, mm. oh well, that's a great way to say that. I'll remember that. Mm -hmm. So the the essence of creativity is is not necessarily an object or mm -hmm. a a uh a product or a a uh a a widget. Mm -hmm. Even if you're wanting that outcome. Yeah. Right. To me, I see it as, as the process or the experience, or, I mean, there's various ways that in my mind I would want to describe it, but in some ways it's just the gift of time to explore, right? It's right. really about getting back to that sense of wonder and exploring, which we, I think we had loads of as children. Absolutely. We, that's what we did when we were children. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, Part of what 
really gets in the way of business innovation is that they're totally focused on the widget. Right? Yes. Or, well, I was, I'm so glad you raised this because I wanted to say hmm. in entrepreneurship, how do we utilize this conversation and this topic to serve entrepreneurs who could use creativity, yes. right? To really support their business, their process, their, their fulfillment or their exactly. joy in their work. Exactly. So my focus is on teaching processes mm -hmm. and practices. And practices, mm -hmm. there are two kinds of practices. There's practices with a lowercase p. Yeah. And then there's practices with a high uh, uh, capital P. Oh, I love that. So a we, you mentioned Budo and Karate mm -hmm. and Aikido. Mm -hmm. So uh, Budo is martial ways. And mm. it's a Japanese word meaning martial ways, as opposed to uh, Bujitsu, which is martial arts. Mm. So technically, martial arts are what people do who are in a military. Mm -hmm. And they're learning to, to fight and to attack and to defend and doing all those. Martial ways are what happened in Japan when the military arts became basically illegal and they they became something that you just practice for uh, bettering yourself as mm. a human being mm. so martial martial ways budo and you know we 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 interchange martial arts and and hardly anybody talks about it this way okay yeah. so but it's very specific budo is a is about uh making yourself a better person mm. as you're learning these different hand-to-hand uh, -hand arts, either Aikido or, or Judo or Karate Do or, or uh, there's just a lot of Japanese arts and other arts in China that teach how to be a better person mm -hmm. through the practice, the capital mm -hmm. P practice of martial arts, okay? So in my work, a capital P practice is journaling as mm -hmm. an example. So not journaling, not having a journal, and every once in a while, you know, you pick it up and you write a couple lines, and then mm -hmm. I used to do that years ago, mm -hmm. like forty years ago. I had a whole bunch of notebooks that I'd scrawl ideas in, but there wasn't any coherence. Mm -hmm. Twenty years ago, when uh, through my my wife, when we first met, she introduced me to journaling, and I kept a journal, daily journal ever since. And, and that becomes a capital P practice. It's a practice that I do every single day. I, of course, I miss a day every once in a while. We just traveled to see family. And the day we left, I didn't journal that morning, but I journaled later in the evening. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, you can, there's always flexibility, but the capital P practice means that you are writing every single day mm -hmm. about something. And you need to write, you can't just write a page, you need to write a couple pages. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be with a pen and paper. I'm with you, I'm so not, with you. Not, mm -hmm. I mean, making notes on your computer is fine or on your phone or on your de whatever device. I, I, I do that sometimes, that's fine. But, but this is a practice, this is like mm -hmm. meditation.
That's right. This, this is a, a time for you only. And I cannot tell you the benefits that I have experienced from journaling. Mm -hmm. Just getting my ideas down is amazing because they used to have to be just stacked in my mind. And, and of course, I would forget things. So it's, it's a place for uh, so many different things to happen. Uh, you're keeping track of uh, events that are personal, that are family, mm -hmm. whatever. You're keeping track of, of business experiences. I'll write about you and I's conversation in the morning, tomorrow morning. Uh, I wrote about getting ready for it this morning. Mm -hmm. Then there's the, the historical aspect of it. So when I'm teaching people about journaling, I'm teaching them, you, you start journaling, and after you've filled two or three journals, you can go back to, let's say, you know, you've, you've filled three journals in a year. You can go back to January and start looking through them and see how you were thinking about your widget, mm -hmm. using the widget as the example. Mm -hmm. I have a dream of devising this widget, and that's my goal for my company, my startup. But the, the path to getting to that widget, most people think is a straight line, but it's not. It can't be. It's, it, and if you try to make it a straight line, you're just you know, butting your head against the wall. Mm -hmm. The creativity and, and uh, through my, my main focus is drawing and painting. Yep. It's never a straight line. I have ideas about things that, you know, you just, I know now how to follow the path. But when I was young, I didn't know how to follow the path. I thought it was a straight line. So using journaling is a way to, to on a daily basis, sense what you're thinking about and especially what you're feeling because your feelings are gonna get you to the widget mm. also, not just your thinking. Your thinking is gonna do a lot of great things, but it's how you're feeling. Your, 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 your heart is going to guide you. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's your sense of where the wind is mm -hmm. or, or, or if you're hiking and you're not on a path, it's like, well, you, you have to really pay attention. You know, if you wanna to get to the top of the mountain and you keep going downhill, then something's wrong, you know, you're not going in the right direction. So yeah, we, ha we have to use these guides and our heart and our, our feelings are, like you said in, in your, your podcast on intuition, our intuition tells us. It, it is very clear about, yes, that is, that is the right way to go. That's at right. least for this moment, for the next yes. 10 days. Yes, yes, yes. yes yeah. Well, and the thing about journaling that I find so fascinating, and I, for years, like I started journaling when I was eight, my grandma gave me a large journal, you know, the big pages, and I started journaling and I ended up doing that all the way through my early 20s, like almost as a daily practice. I probably have 30 childhood journals. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I yeah. need to go dig them out and look at them. Oh, yeah. Um, but when my mom passed away, I stopped. And mm. so, and I, and I just, I don't know what happened. It was like, I was less interested in writing about stuff and more mm. interested in like living and being aware of time. I, I still love, and I, I actually need to start, I would love to start a, 
of writing habit again, because I've used it intermittently times mm -hmm. in life where I've dug into it. But when I do it, what I find is that our heads are, at least I can speak for myself, a very busy place. Oh, very. Right. And we Huge. have, Busy. we yeah. have, yeah, so many ideas and things competing for time and attention uh -huh. in there that the act of journaling, especially a morning practice around journaling, it's, it's like you said, it's the compass, it the is. way that you're able to create space in your head because of what you're able to pour out. For uh -huh. me, there's just nothing that replaces that as a way no. to come to clarity really quickly. Mm. Yes, I totally believe I'm, I'm a super fan mm -hmm. and I, I have compiled a reference journal for my journals. A few years ago, I, I started reading from the first journaling mm -hmm. and would write down, okay, in journal number one, there were like 40 things that were super important. It's like, oh, this happened, historical things. But then it's like, oh, this idea, I hadn't thought of that since then. Yes. It's like, that has a great idea. It's like so, the cliff notes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I've compiled two of those. Well, I'm one full, one's full, and then I'm working on this second uh, reference journal. I have, I'm on like journal 100 and, I don't know, uh, 126. So it gives me a sense of, the flow of life and how certain themes continue through my journaling. Mm. You know, I might journal on, on this one creative idea. When I was first working on the manuscript, all these ideas about creative colonization, creative collapse and creative void, and, and then the uh, creative metamorphosis, creative tension, all these terms. And I was mm. writing a lot and that would inform me when I was actually sitting down at the computer and I'd go through my journal and it's like, okay, that's the idea that I want to expand on. So, so journaling with a capital P is a, is a practice. Mm -hmm. uh, however someone approaches meditation is a capital P practice. It could be prayer. It could be just seated meditation. It could be uh, using phrases, using affirmations, but mm -hmm. uh, using, I do uh, breath work in the morning as my meditative practice right now. That's not necessarily just a seated practice. I've done that, you know, for years. Uh, but it's the taking the moment, however long it is. It, and again, you know, we have busy lives. I understand that, mm -hmm. but, but it's worth carving out the time. Mm. Uh, if, and, uh, you know, and I understand that when you have little ones, it's like, where's, where is time? You know, time does not exist anymore. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll get up just a little bit earlier and yes. then I'll have the, the time. But even if it's 15 minutes, which maybe to some people, they're like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I don't have, I can't carve out 15 minutes. Or some people will say, yeah, I can do 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Take 15 minutes early in the morning, do some, do whatever you, you sense is your first thing to try. Mm -hmm. It might be just sitting, light a candle, light some incense and just sit, you know, you don't have, there's no formal guidance or whatever. Just take 15 minutes to not do anything. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, I under, 
I, I, I respect the kind of emptying our mind. You know, I understand from my Budo practice how important that is. But I'm more interested in allowing, having the space, let's say this 15 minutes that mm -hmm. you carve out, having the space to allow the thoughts that want to come in. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of busy thoughts, but we all know what those busy thoughts are. It's like, oh my God, I got that thing at 10 o'clock and I got, oh, I forgot I had that thing today. Oh, those will go on. Those are the things that just to like- Those go out, into your schedule out. or your journal, I mean, yeah. your time journal, different different and apart. I know what you're saying, different yeah, and apart exactly. from the allowing of flow and ideas and wisdom that really needs to be poured right. out. Right, and. And that can be a capital P practice, right? Well, and the, the concept that I love about your capital P, especially as it applies to entrepreneurs, is many of us know the tools only work if we use them. Right. Right? And so oh, yeah. whether we're going to use creativity or anything else to support the ideas in our business, the path forward, any of our decision-making, like it has to be a tool that we implement and use. And whether it's um, writing or, you know, any kind of a morning practice I support, mm. um, it's just so, I think it's so essential for that intuition to come right, through, exactly. that guidance to come through. to come through, that allowance for like joy and more connection to our work. Absolutely. So, so I want to connect that to the, yeah. the core question that you asked. So, so let's say I'm the entrepreneur and I have the widget. I'm going to do this mm -hmm. widget. Mm -hmm. We're going to use, we're going to use creativity to eventually design that widget. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that we're going to use the practices that are ongoing in our life experiences. So, so I think one of the issues that happen is that I have an idea that I'm going to make this widget and I'm going to be, I'm going to create it. Mm -hmm. That's that starting before you're ready to be doing that part of it. Starting now with your, your journaling practice, starting now taking walks, which can be looked as at as uh, meditative. Mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily having it. You can you can walk with someone, but take time to just, just be to just uh, to just be quiet mm -hmm. uh, and and observe. So that's a practice that you start before you're going to invent the widget. Right. Right. So I'm. I'm trying to set this up in a way that makes sense that well that, what I'm hearing from you and this may this may not be accurate but what I'm sensing is it's the pushing versus the allowing right, right. having the idea and saying I'm going to do this versus saying you know I'm going to allow this idea to show up and evolve and be part of you know my creative process right versus like forcing yourself through the paces of doing the thing exactly I have I have a great uh, analogy. Let's say you and I decide that we're going to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. We're not going to run a marathon tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so, so we're not, if we want to 
invent our widget. <laughs> We're not, not. going to invent. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not either. We're not going to invent our widget tomorrow. <laughs> right. So to do the marathon, we're going to have to train. We're going to have mm -hmm. to start maybe walking for a few weeks and then running maybe a mile for, I don't know how long. I'm not a running coach. So, right. But we would have to build ourselves up to running a marathon. That's yeah. a, 26 miles is a long ways. So, so having, having that idea, oh, okay, we're going to run a marathon. We have to understand that there's there's a process that has to happen. And I think in the world of innovation, people get so excited about, I get this widget that I want to invent or that I have this idea for, and they jump right into it. They jump right into the marathon mm -hmm. and they're not ready for that. They're mm -hmm. not, they don't have the, the skill sets to be creative, right? Mm -hmm. so they don't, they're, they're, they haven't been journaling as a practice for a while. They haven't been listening to Bach for the last four months mm. as a practice yeah. sitting there let's say it's just 15 minutes that's fine that, let's say it's just five minutes five minutes mm -hmm. doing nothing and listening to Bach is going to give you huge amounts of of information that you have no idea that is that's happening that's right so and adding to that you know months of taking walks that are focused on ex inviting Mm -hmm. the ideas that will get you to the widget mm. because we can't get the widget until we're ready with all these practices, I believe. Well, it's, it's interesting because there's so many, like, as you talk, I just have so many ideas zipping in about how what you say actually is true across multiple scenarios. So for example, one of the practices that I do that I love. It's, um, it's a practice where I sit down and I do it a couple times a year generally, but I get out a big white paper, mm -hmm. you know, like a big, a big one that you would hang up on a board somewhere. And I make a line down the middle and on the left hand side, I make a big list of like, and it's really just a way to let ideas flow mm -hmm. and invite just kind of some fun and play with it. Sure. You know, what I would love to do, create, have, or be in the next, you know, few months or year, whatever it is. And I just let like any idea that comes to my head, I just put it down. Right. And some of Perfect. them are kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then on the other side, what I would love the universe to do for me. Mm. Super. And yeah, and the thing that this does for me, because growing up, I was very much a type A behavior where the weight was always on my shoulders. If there mm. was a group project or anything to be done, like I knew I was going to be the responsible one to do right. it, sure, you know. Sure. Yeah. But I think it's really important, including as entrepreneurs, to understand we don't have to be responsible for everything. No, we don't we have to. No, and that there's so much joy in allowing so i love the word allow but also um accepting that we don't have to understand the how right so we can invite the idea in and then allow the how to show up right. this is the part that can evolve to actually help these ideas come to fruition right, right. and oftentimes when i've put ideas down on this little chart that i make i have no idea about the how like not right. even oh, an no. inkling oh, right no, no. Right. But it's amazing how many times that works, how oh, many times course. those things come to life 
just in that process of writing, expressing, Mm -hmm. saying it out loud, like just being with the idea. And I think that there's a bit of magic both in the process of writing. I really, really believe there's magic in this process Mm. of putting something out of our hearts and heads onto paper. Absolutely. And, And then just allowing what to happen next to happen and just being a part of that flexible open intuitive creative process right and and that's you described very well what like i said moments ago what what trips up entrepreneurs because everything has to happen now but they don't realize that they're running a marathon or they're going to run a marathon Mm. And they have to start training for this. They, they have to start training for when, they, they, when it's time to access the creativity in a big way. Right. So as for myself, and you know, I, I don't say this, it, it's just natural. I don't, I, I set up my studio, but I don't have to build myself up Mm-hmm. to be creative anymore. Right. I, I show up and it happens. And of course it happens in different levels. Some days are more, I'm more in tune than other days. Yeah. And I, and I know that in the morning in, I do a drawing every single morning and I can tell by that drawing of, you know, what my level is that, that day. Mm. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is a great day to paint or draw or whatever. Right. Uh, but I, I love what you say about showing up, right? That big mm. P. Oh, yeah. Right? This is the work that has to be done to facilitate what needs to come next. Yes. And it's like um, there's a quote, and I think it comes from Stephen Pressfield's The The War of Art, where there's a writer. Yeah. Yes, but there's just a brilliant piece about how often, especially creative people, wait for intuition to show up, right? And in this particular yeah. quote, the, the writer was saying, Luckily, it shows up every morning at 9 a.m. He's there <laughs> right. doing the work, right, right? right? And this is the big P part of it. Like whether yes. we feel creative or not, I think just showing up is just, it, it cannot be overstated the importance of that big P. Right. There's a, there's a quote, there's a Picasso quote that says something like this. I, I, I'm just grabbing it. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, inspiration finds me while I'm working. Yeah. So while he's painting, inspiration is finding him. He's not waiting for inspiration and then to paint, right? That's right. And this, it's the same concept about luck and opportunity, right? It doesn't just hit you out of the blue. Mm. When you're doing the work, it shows up. This is how opportunity and people who, you know, you look at somebody else like, oh, they're so lucky. The reality is they're probably just doing the work right. and opportunity finds them because they are doing the work. Exactly. Uh, in, the fields of, in the fields of observation, chance favors the prepared mind. That's right. It's a quote from Pasteur. So when I, I've, I read that maybe 10 years ago and the light bulb just was like, oh my God, yes. If we're not prepared, we're never going to notice. Yeah. So and and chance is, is a is a interesting term to use because is it actually chance yeah for the prepared mind 
And mm -mm. so the practices, the capital P practices, are my way of assisting people in learning how to prepare their mind mm. for creativity, their mind, their heart, their body, and their soul for the creative moment. So, because I believe the issue is, like I've been sketching out, is that if we're waiting, you know, in three months, I'm going to be creative and design my widget, the three months are going to come and you're still not prepared. You haven't done mm -hmm. any work to get ready to have the creativity be accessible. Mm -hmm. So the practices I'm talking about are, are assisting people in becoming prepared. Mm -hmm. They're assisting people in understanding how to access their creative process. Because like you said, every individual child and every individual adult has a very, very uh, uh, special way of accessing creativity. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's linked directly to how we learned and it's linked to our play. So if, if you have that uh, propensity to make, to invent poetry, then that's going to assist you in making your widget. And even though that doesn't make any sense, trust me, <laughs> it's going to help. The, right. the, the cross domain, the idea of cross domain is absolutely essential to creativity. Artists of every genre are natural at cross domain uh, exploration. Mm. So even though listening to music doesn't seem too cross-domain, it is. It's another field that you're, yeah. you're taking in information. Uh, reading math journals could be absolutely essential to someone's widget invention. That has nothing to do with math in some ways. Sure, there's math involved. But the, these, these uh, experiences that we get from of paying attention to things that we're interested in. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have, it can be, it can be the most strange, you know, maybe you're, you, you're like looking at birds and you're starting to, oh, I've, you know, checking birds off the list of like, oh, we just saw that bird, we just saw that bird. Somehow that is going to inform you. Mm -hmm. it, it may not be, you may not be able to follow it in a linear way, like A, B, C, D, and E, and okay, then right. I got to the widget. So if you want to get to the widget, there's other work that you have to do. There's all the, all the, the practical work, the, yeah. the business plans, the, the meetings, blah, blah, blah. It goes on mm -hmm. and on and on of, of things that you have to do. But underline, I guarantee you that, that introducing these whatever they may be, the, the capital P practices, mm -hmm. and, and then having other practices, lower P practices that, are, uh, that are, are good for you. They're, they're stimulating to your, your environment and your, your uh, ability to tap into your creative. But the, the, the practice is so important to, to have that foundation. Mm -hmm. Because without the foundation, as with 
uh, karate. My, my background goes way back into the 70s of, of, of practicing karate. And basics is practice every single class. You, mm -hmm. you have to know how to stand, you have to know how to bow, the most important. You have to know how to sit, you have to know how to stand, you know, have to know how to make different stances, different blocks, different punches, different kicks, different strikes. Those are the foundation that everything else develops from. If you don't mm -hmm. have a strong foundation, then your, your, your budo will not be strong and your heart won't be strong. Your, your, the practice, whatever your, the practice is, and with everybody, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. People are going to have a very, many people will have certain things that they're interested already. And that's great because then we can key in on those. But, but the practice and having the practice flow through your daily routines is the foundation that creativity emerges from. Mm. So the things that you're reading, the things that you're listening to, the, mm -hmm. the conversations that you're having, the experiences that you're having with your family, your, your friends, all of those are necessary parts of of your creative process. If you're, if if we don't respect those things, and if we don't pay put, attention, pay attention. Yeah. If yeah. you don't pay attention, then then you're not. You may get to a widget, but it's going to be a widget with a lowercase w. Right. You're not it's, benefiting from the full capacity of. Um, I would say the potential for support on that path. Right, exactly, exactly. And again, I think scale is important because of course we know so many entrepreneurs want to make the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it may not happen. It may not ever happen, but You're it may not happen. It probably won't happen the first time. Right. You know, as, as much as as uh, when I was twenty years old, after painting, you know, I'd been painting for five years. I wanted to make a masterpiece. It wasn't in the cards. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, if if that has ever happened, I, I feel like I've made some really uh, special works, mm -hmm. but it's not my job to to label them that. Right. So we. It's the, the balance of putting everything that you have into using our example of the widget mm -hmm. and, and really believing in it, but also understanding that it may not be the next biggest thing being, mm. you know, there's a realism to our, our process. Well, there's a couple things that I want to loop back on. One is, you know, from the standpoint of entrepreneurship, all of us understand, or we should essentially by this point, understand the importance of systems, mm. right? So from a system standpoint, having this built into, because the other reality and the thing I actually love about my podcast, about the conversations I've had with people on this podcast mm. is, you know, the path of personal development and business, I see as heavily intertwined. I see them as the same path. Our sure. businesses are only as good as our capacity to show up and serve and make good decisions right. and right do all the things that are required of us to build 
a really thriving business. And I also see business and entrepreneurship as one of the greatest opportunities we have in the world to make meaningful change, to support, you know, support the good that needs to happen in the world. Right. And so this idea that somehow we should separate out, you know, personal development or have it live in a different space, it, it needs to be systematized. We need to focus on it like, right, the practices with the big P as a way to not only support the personal side of our lives, but to sort support our business as right. well. Exactly. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, the, the first thing I think of is early in my, my karate training, our teacher told us that the things you learn in the dojo, you take out into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parts of the dojo of what we were being taught was to be respectful, to be, to honor the other person, to, 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 to be truthful in how we are and how we're treating other people and how we're communicating. All these things were part of the, the system of mm-hmm. the dojo. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, since I said, you know, you take this out into the world and then you start to bring the world back into the dojo too. So it's a, it's a flowing circular system that, that, that are, have beneficial feedbacks Yes, that are, are assisting in, in our, our personal growth and understanding, but is also informing those who we work with and informing our business decisions and such. So That's I'm right. I'm a big fan of 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 the concept of of those integrating systems because mm-hmm. they all have to have to flow together or or not. I mean when they flow together they're working the best. So That's right. It's in your journaling practice, you can see where things are not flowing together so well. So yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's so important. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I have just loved this conversation, Patrick. I know that we could probably go on for days. I mean, there's. I'm sure this is the tip of the iceberg as tip far the as the, the work that you do. But Indeed. you know, the importance of of creativity, nurturing creativity in ourselves incorporating it as a practice and even as a part of our businesses and our work. I just, I mean, it can't be overstated. And so I love this conversation. I'm so grateful that you took the time to show up and have it with us and share your wisdom. I was happy to do so. Awesome. Well, and for people that are listening and want to connect with you, where do you like to connect? Uh, Let's see. I know you and I connected on LinkedIn and then I think- Connecting on LinkedIn is probably the easiest on that, the larger professional level. Okay. Patrick, Patrick at patrickwilliams.com is mm-hmm. my email. I uh, love it. And I'll share all this information for anybody listening and whatever links you'd like me to share, Patrick, I'll put right. into the show notes. So people can visit those at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. Any final thoughts, Patrick, that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I, I thought... I wanted to say that when you're connecting with creativity, the it's great for the widget. Mm-hmm. It's great for entrepreneurial ideas and development and innovation in a in a business context. But the fundamental benefit is that it assists your life. 
Yeah. It assists yourself personally. And when you build that, that awareness of your creative uh, natural essence, then mm -hmm. it, it flows into your personal relationships. It flows into your family relationships, your friends, what you do in society, as well as into your, whatever your business that you're developing, your startup or your, your, uh, your innovation ideas. So mm. I just want to assist that fundamentally, this is about uh, helping yourself become yeah. a more uh, healthy person. No, I love that. There's a, um, you know, when you think about, well, goal setting and actually human nature generally, there's a, there's, I think very often we see this idea that like, oh, when I get there, then I'll feel whatever X, Y, and Z, I'll feel happy. I'll feel fulfilled. And business is one more outlet for that, right? Like it's a oh, way yeah. for people to achieve, achieve personal fulfillment by accomplishing X, Y, and Z or creating X, Y, and Z. And I love the idea of reverse engineering that to say, how can we have more personal fulfillment right now? How right. do we want to feel right now? Right? Because it's a much more, um, I mean, it, it's a much faster path to mm. actually being fulfilled right. and building systems and practices in to support us right now versus yeah. putting them off, you know, when we get there. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's those that. little tiny uh, moments that, oh, I felt really good because I journaled for, I actually journaled for a half an hour this morning rather than just 15 minutes. And so those little ones are yes. actually huge. Yes. And we tend to wait, oh, for the big, the big widget unveil when actually that is fulfilling. But when you're actually experiencing that, it is it tends to be much less fulfilling that you were thinking it was going to be. Yes, this when is the it. little ones are, are the, are the real are deal, kind of the big real deal, yes. the real life feeling Ugh. experience moments. Yeah. No, I love that. The, an example of that in my personal life just the other day is we were having a tough time. My kids were at each other. I have a three-year-old and an eight-year-old and my three-year-old is very vocal and so is my eight-year-old. And so they're clashing a lot right now. And, you know, none of us get breaks from each other because right. of COVID. So it's just intense. And we were trying to have dinner and I just needed a break. I don't think daddy was around. Something was happening and I was inside with two kids that were just screaming at each other. And so I turned on music like just kind of got up, took a break, turned on music. And it was just like a really fun, upbeat music. And like, I just was hit with this instinct of like needing to change the energy that was happening in our house. Right. right? And right. so I sure. just did like a super goofy dance and literally in like three seconds, my kids went from being at each other to like laughing and, you know, they couldn't believe mom was suddenly doing this crazy dance. And like, but I That's just, perfect. Had, it was perfect. And for yeah. me, I had that flash realization of like, Oh, we need this type of outlet more often. We mm -hmm. need music and something that can really create a shift like this more often. And so Absolutely. I think a huge part of creativity is just that part that you mentioned about paying attention, paying attention in the moment of like, you did. what yeah. lights you up, what right. feels good, what works. Right. right? So right. perfect. I love that. Was, that. That's a great, Great story. Yeah. Mm, well, I so appreciate you. This has just been such an enjoyable conversation, Patrick. I look forward to being in touch. 
for anybody checking out this show and they want to connect with Patrick, be sure to visit the show notes, legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining us today on the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast. We hope that we've added a little fuel to your tank, some coffee to your cup, and pep in your step to keep you moving forward in your own great adventures. For key takeaways, links to any resources mentioned in today's show and more, see the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please give us some stars and a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so others will find us too. Keep up the great work you are doing in the world, and we'll see you next week.